listening to Jeff Grant's Evolving Podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to Better Call Saul today. My friend Jack Brewster is back. Hey, Jack. Hi, Jeff. How you doing? I'm good. Jack I know Bre- I was on an episode. I don't know what it was called, but... It, we did a top 10... It's funny because it was... Top 10 TV shows, right. I yeah. think it was only like two episodes back in the feed of this podcast, but I just haven't done any in like a few months. You're taking so, some time off to, to write, right? Yeah, I was working on some... like a writing project that's awesome yeah and i'm i'm excited i finally got to the end of that and there's like a week before the show comes back and uh jack and i are both big fans of it and uh it's kind of an event you know like if you're into tv and like really good high quality tv it's kind of a big deal so we're just wanting to celebrate it you know and uh but before we get into, I'll just I'll just oh, yeah. say real quick. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but no, you're good. I think I think Better Call Saul is the best show on TV right now, uh, hands down. Um, Succession is up there. We talked about Succession a little bit on the TV pod. Um, there's some other shows that are really good, but for me, this is uh, this is the number one. This is the you know the Game of Thrones slot, the the Breaking Bad slot. This is the this is the king right now for me. And it's crazy that it hasn't even been on in like two years. I think. Yeah, about two years now. Yeah, and so. And it's the final season, so it's kind of a... We're, we're going to get deeper. The way this podcast is going to go, uh, right now we're going to kind of talk in general about just TV shows that we're watching because there's a ton of good stuff on right now. So we're going to do, do that for a few minutes. Then we're going to talk about Better Call Saul kind of in a non-spoiler type way for if if you're not caught up. And I know a lot of people I talk to are not even watching it <laughs> or they're behind or maybe they really liked Breaking Bad but they thought it was kind of boring when they started... Better Call Saul. A lot of people tell me that, and I'm sad about that. I know. <laughs> you know it makes me... Yeah. Like, get on Better Call Saul. It's good. Come on. You gotta, this is good. Yeah. Just watch a few, you know? <laughs> and we, we don't... We kind of want to direct that section to those kind of people who might be interested in watching it or, or just not get too far in the weeds. And then after that, we're going to just dive in deep. And Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're definitely going to dive in deep. Yeah. When we get to the end of this year, we're going to be uh, major Saul stuff. Yeah. It, I'm wearing my Better Call Saul shirt. That I got at uh, Loyola's, and I went to Albuquerque like last uh, fall, and got to kind of go around and look at a bunch of the the sites and stuff. I'm, now I'm just bragging, but no, I got for, this for, shirt. And I'm know, excited. Obviously, people can't see this. Jeff is like fully decked out <laughs> in Better Call Saul shirt. He's got the world's second best lawyer cup. He's got some Breaking Bad trivia questions here. He, I mean, he's all Breaking Bad sold out right You'll now. You'll see some of this uh, in the cup. I made a. I already did the cover for this episode this afternoon, and I kind of you'll see you can look at some of this. Yeah, stuff I only wish we had video just for your shirt. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll just talk about TV. Like, what what's some stuff that you've been watching lately? So, have you seen uh, Winning Time, the show about yeah. the Lakers? Yeah. Have you watched that one at all? Yeah. That's like probably my favorite show right now. Yeah, I it's did, a I, really cool show. That's a really cool show. That's on is. my list of stuff. Yeah, I did like a little blurb on it on my Facebook, I think a week or two ago. Um, I didn't really get all into the weeds on it because I don't know how many people have seen it. But it's about how the Lakers dynasty was built in the late 70s, early 80s. And Jerry Buss, you know, was the team owner. He had been, I think, a rocket engineer, like a really smart guy and a real estate developer in Los Angeles. And he buys a team in 1979. At the time, the NBA wasn't very popular. The Lakers weren't very popular. They had Kareem because they had traded for him. He'd been with the, the Bucks, you know, a few years back. But they were not, like, considered a premier team yet. 
And the NBA was not a premier league. It was like probably the least rated league of all the major sports mm-hmm. leagues. So this is like the story of how the Lakers dynasty in the 80s got built with Magic and Kareem and Pat Riley and all the guys that kind of built that dynasty. And it's just been a really fun show for me. <laughs> the style of it is like they have a lot of fun with the like how they tell the story. And it's, it's, it's funny, mm-hmm. but it's I, I don't know how... I'm assuming broadly it's like accurate, like the story. I'm sure they have to change well, some. Well, that's, that's debatable depending on who you ask. <laughs> they, they've definitely taken some liberties. Um, it's based on a book by Jeff Perlman. Yeah. He wrote uh, Boys Will Be Boys about the Dallas Cowboys, which is actually one of my oh. favorite, favorite books um, about the Cowboys of the 90s. Oh, I didn't know he had a book about yeah, the Cowboys. Yeah, he's, he's written a, a lot of sports books, actually. Um, What's his name again? Uh, Jeff Perlman. Okay, Jeff Perlman. And he wrote the book Showtime, which is based on – um, which really the show should probably be called Showtime, but <laughs> because Showtime is a rival network, I think that's why they didn't want to do it. Yeah, I thought that was really funny. Yeah, they like called HBO it Winning Time. doesn't want so a show called yeah. Showtime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the um, the performances in it are great. Um, John C. Riley as Jerry Buss is having just a ton of fun. You can tell. <laughs> the and cast that, is like, it's crazy. Like it's there's so many good. Actors and actors, unknown actors too. Yeah, and the the people who they got to play like Magic and uh, Solomon Hughes plays Magic. I haven't seen him in anything, and he's amazing in this. I know it's. He looks like a young Magic Johnson. He has the charisma, the smile. Like it's it's amazing to watch. And then the guy playing Kareem is a real life doctor. He has a PhD. Yeah, I thought I heard him uh, say that he was like a doctor. Doctor Solomon Hughes. Yeah, and he got his degree at Cal, and he like played college basketball at Cal. Wow. I know this because they do like a little interview with the yeah. cast afterwards. Yeah, I watched that too. But I was like, nobody can really play Kareem because you got to be like seven one, seven two, know how to handle a basketball, but also be smart like Kareem was, be political, be you know kind of on edge the way he was. And this guy somehow he nails playing Kareem, and it's like it's like going back in time watching these guys play. Yeah, it, I don't know. It's it's a really I don't. I've been been really impressed with it. I like basketball, but I don't. I don't follow it real closely or anything. It's just interesting, like that that era. And I mean, even if you're not a basketball fan, which I'm a huge huge NBA fan, so that helps. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not as into the NBA, you probably won't be as into the show. But even if you're not an NBA fan, I think you would still kind of enjoy it because there's a lot of stuff about you know the '70s and '80s and the, the kind of decade that we were going into and the financial stuff. Yeah. You know, it's kind of interesting. Okay, so I'll tell my shows. I wrote a little list down. One of them is that just finished is Severance. Have you gotten to see that? So, you know, when we did the last podcast, I told you about mm. Apple TV. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and my aversion to Apple TV. Mostly because <laughs> I just, like, I drew the line in the sand. I was like, I'm not going to pay for any more <laughs> streaming I know, services. I know. And this is like the one between this and Coda. I was like, you know what? I think I need to break down and just do it. So oh. I haven't watched it yet, but I am going to get Apple TV and watch it because I've yeah. heard how good it is. Yeah, I don't want to get into spoilers. With I'm I'm probably going to actually cancel my Apple TV like in about a month after mm-hmm. this other show I might mention mm-hmm. is over because <laughs> I need to. I don't want to have all these they add up after a while either. But uh, yeah, it, it's just a really interesting show. I don't want to get super deep on these shows, but it's basically about this like company that they start this new thing called, I guess it's called Severance. I can't remember. If it, I think that they call it that in the show, but it's basically this like they put this thing in your brain where when you go to work, you forget everything that from outside of work, and then when you leave, you forget everything from work. It's almost like the perfect like a you know like a work life balance type 
idea, like just totally splitting. It's, splitting. it's like the beginning of Office Space, right? Yeah, it, it feels where he says, "Could you just give me something where I conk out and I don't know that I was at work?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the parts in the Office are similar to Office Space. I think I heard, listened to an interview with Ben Stiller, who's like kind of the one of the main directors and like executive producer of the show. Mm-hmm. That was one of the reasons he kind of connected with the script when he was looking at it and everything. It's weird because these people are like, their consciousness has just been born basically when they go to start this program. So it's almost like they're little like babies, but all they care about is like working and doing this job, and, but they don't really question what they're doing. And then it kind of, the course of the show, you kind of find out a little more of like what's going on. It, it was a is, show it, is, that, is it too spoiler <clears throat> for, spoilery for me to ask, is it something from birth or something when they start working? It's not from birth. It's kind of like they work for the company, mm-hmm. or maybe they didn't. I can't remember. But they, they kind of sign up to, to be in this program. Then, then they go, go and get the surgery. It's interesting the way that they play off the different versions of the people because, like, on the outside, you know, they might have been, like, really depressed. And, like, that's why they, they kind of got into this. And then on the in, inside, they have no idea that they're depressed on the outside and they're just, like, a really good employee or or whatever and that they kind of you kind of see the the differences and sometimes the 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 outside like they call them the the Audi and the innie like the out person outside person is the Audi and the inside person is the innie okay and they'll be like like the managers will be like your Audi is so happy and like had a great weekend <laughs> and stuff like this <laughs> and then they're like oh I'm good that's glad I'm glad they, they don't know if they have like they don't know if they're married they don't mm-hmm. know if they have kids they don't know like anything like about their outside life and it's, it's just kind of interesting yeah i, I mean i've heard yeah. good things about it like everyone that's reviewed it has said good things about it it's so. worth it's i'd say it's worth watching and i'll move on to the next show it's also a, a apple tv show is a pachinko which pachinko, is okay i don't think i've heard about this one actually i think it's based on a book it's one i, ju- I just heard people mentioning it and it, i wasn't sure if i'd like it or not but it's basically about this Korean family. It's it's actually in three languages. It's mainly in Korean and Japanese. Okay. The main character is, it follows her for, it's like four generations of this family. And it kind of flashes back and forth between the different years. Like it shows her when she's, she's young and she's like late teens. Mm-hmm. Then it cuts to like 1989 when she's like a grandma, grandmother and like, and show so her relationship with like her grandchildren and stuff. So and it kind of spans like the twentieth century. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of a subtle show. It's not like a, um. It's one of those shows where. Does it take place me, in Korea? It takes place mainly in Korea and then uh, in Japan. Okay. And I guess I didn't realize. I don't know. I guess I don't know my history well enough. But uh, I guess Japan had like occupied Korea like early on in the 1900s. Yeah. So a lot of it is about the tensions between the Koreans and the Japanese. And then later on, like a lot of it is in Japan and you kind of see the same Yeah, There's some, there's a pretty uh, brutal history with the Japanese in the early 20th century, you know, like like in China, the rape of Nanking is like a big, big thing, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know anything about that. Maybe I should learn. (laughs) No, 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 you're good. Uh, No, that sounds interesting. So it's It's, like, it's it's like a family basically. It's kind of like, yeah, it's, it's kind of a big epic story about a family, but they're just a normal family. But a lot of it's I, I, like I don't know where it's all going exactly. But mm-hmm. it's one of those shows where you f- you finish an episode and you're like, man, that was 
really good. <laughs> like, really good. Yeah. Maybe not in like a way that like slaps you over the head yeah, or with it yeah. or whatever. Just but fun, it, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. Um, yeah. Any other shows? Okay. I mean, I have a couple more, but I'll just give you one because I don't want to take too much time on this. But yeah. um, this is like not a good show. <laughs> but I'm just gonna talk about it anyway because uh, I watched it. It's called uh, Super Pumped. Have you seen this? I feel like I've heard of it, but I don't... it's um, um, I Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and it's okay. about like how Uber got started. Oh, okay. It was on uh, Hulu. Okay. Yeah, it's seven episodes, so it's not like it's not a hard watch. Like I think someone could probably binge it a day if they wanted to, mm-hmm. but it's just not well constructed. Like by the time it gets to the end, it kind of falls apart a little bit. But the first two or three episodes are like pretty good. Like it's it's about how this guy. Uh, Travis Kalanick, I think is his name, how he founded Uber and like all the kind of shady stuff he did to get Uber, you know, off the mat basically. And there's, you know, sexual harassment, there's murder, there's like (laughs) people, you know, being killed by the company, there's bribes, there's... uh, That's like truth? Like No, seriously, this is all like, this is all based on like, I don't know if it was a New York Times article or it was like, it was mounted a Vanity Vanity Fair article, but... I've heard some of that, but I didn't know... Yeah, there was, like, people killing people in South America on Uber apps, and they could have, like, maybe stopped it, but they didn't. There was, like, all this, like, you know, sexual harassment stuff with the employees. Uh Um, But basically, this really shady story of how this guy got started, all of his, like, spying techniques on customers, how he used, like, data information to kind of build his database, like, like, stealing information from customers. Wow. Yeah, it's, like, (laughs) really, like... By the time you get past like a third or fourth episode, you'd be like, man, I really don't ever want to use Uber again. <laughs> but then you find out that, you know, like, spoiler alert, but uh, he, he did get ousted from the company. So Okay. This is public knowledge by now. But anyway, it's kind of like how he got kicked out of his own company. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I guess I, I don't know a whole lot about that, the, about Uber. I didn't either. And I didn't think I'd even be that interested things, in it. Yeah. And then I watched the first two or three episodes. I was like, yeah, this is actually kind of interesting. Oh. And there's all these shows going on now with like these founders. Like we yeah. we work is another one that's out there. Yeah. Um, there's another one on Hulu. I can't remember the name of it. Um, some lady that founded the company. But anyway, there's like a few of these shows out there that are like kind of like founders. Yeah. How they started their companies. Yeah, You're, that's right. I've noticed that. Uh, one show I have to mention just because it's like one of my favorite shows is Atlanta on FX. I just think that show is like amazing. I could do a whole episode on that show, but it's that's, a, the, that's another one that like strangely I've missed because everyone has told me that show is good. Man, it is, and like, I just like for whatever reason I've never watched it. It's I one of those shows that's just it's just on another level, and it's I think it's on Hulu. It is, yeah, yeah. I would, or, or it might if be, you have Hulu, it might, be, it might be FX, though, right? Yeah, it's on FX, but then I think that I think it airs on Hulu after they air on FX. Yeah, that's that's one like someday I need to get onto that one because everyone has told me that show is good. A lot of it is about like like racism and those kind of themes mm-hmm. but it, it's such a creative show like every it's one of those shows that like it's it just makes you th- think i feel funny trying to talk about stuff i haven't <laughs> thought about in like a few days but it's definitely one that i, I love that show it, the, the third season just started it, it was off for like f- four years yeah that's what i heard it was on like a major hiatus because of and, the pandemic and stuff yeah and the the cast of the show like they've all like become like super famous like mm-hmm. from the show and i think i've heard it compared a little bit to louis yeah is, it's is it that fair type to say of, like like a black kind of louis maybe or something like that is that fair in or? a way i know i know like donald glover used to say it's like uh 
Twin Peaks, but with rappers. Okay. Like the first two seasons was a lot about like Donald Glover plays this uh, guy who's like a, he's just come back from Atlanta and you don't totally know what, it sounds like he kind of like dropped out of school, his college or wherever he was going. He runs into his, one of his cousins who is like this aspiring rapper and he decides he's going to like manage him and he's trying to like help his his cousin like kind of rise in the his rapping career mm-hmm. but then it'll just like it'll just go off into this whole different tangent of like some story that it's like turns into like a horror movie for like an episode or <laughs> it'll like follow like just there's four main characters and it, they're almost like it's almost like Seinfeld because there's like the girl there's like the, the mm. real crazy out there one and then there's like the celebrity one I don't know that mm-hmm. it might not line up completely but it's, <laughs> there's kind of like a main four core members of the of the cast and everything, but it's just a really interesting show. It's, it's worth, definitely worth watching. No, for sure. It's one of those, I, I definitely want to catch it sometime. Yeah. Just, you know, sometimes just shows just, you just miss them for some reason. Like, you know, for whatever reason, like yeah. I watch a lot of TV, obviously <laughs> probably too much, but there's like some shows that everyone tells me are good. And for some reason I just never catch up to them, you know, it's one of the, yeah, we'll move on, but it's, it's good. I wanted to mention another show that's coming, I think next weekend maybe barry is coming back on, on so HBO. i watched the first season of barry and i think at the time the second season came out i didn't have hbo i think so i never okay. I never saw the second season yeah and then it was off air for a while yeah so i never got caught up on it but i like the first season of it. yeah i would especially if like if you like uh you know better call saul and breaking bad it's kind of in that vein weirdly like it's it's really uh it's, you know, the thing I liked about it, it would be, like, really funny and mm-hmm. really offbeat, and then it would be really dark. Like, yeah. it would just go from, like, one extreme to the other. <laughs> yeah. And it works. It doesn't sound like something that would be that would work, like, or it kind of make you kind of Yeah, you annoying. see him doing, like, community theater one minute, and then he's, like, doing a hit on somebody. <laughs> and it's, it's, not, it's not like a violent show, per se, but when it is violent, it's violent. It's like, whoa, uh, yeah. okay. I don't know. if uh, It's coming back, and I would, I would recommend watching it. It's, it's good. All right, uh, now we're talking about Better Call Saul. <laughs> so I think I mentioned this earlier, but the main reason I wanted to do this episode is because it's to celebrate this happening. Like, this is a big deal, like, <laughs> if you're into this stuff. Um, yeah, this is It feels like it needs be, to be recognized. For the people who don't know, this is the last season of Better Call Saul. So, and Better Call Saul is the prequel to Breaking Bad, which, in many people's mind, probably both me and you would agree, is if, if not the best TV show of the last 20 years, at least one of the top two or three. And mm-hmm. this will be kind of potentially the, the final run. Uh, I might ask you later a question about whether or not it is the final run. Mm-hmm. But this will be the final season of Better Call Saul. So, yeah, we wanted to kind of give it some homage today, give it some celebration today. You know? It's a big deal. Like these, I mean, I, I remember. Uh, getting into Breaking Bad and, and when it was over being like, that was, if not a masterpiece, it's like super close to like, you know, it, it's pretty It's about as flawless, close to perfection like, as you can get. And uh, and then when they said they were going to do a spinoff, you're kind of like, what? And it's about the, the lawyer who at that point was kind of really the comic relief of Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. I remember there were all these like articles about like, it's going to be like a half hour comedy show and you're just going to sh- see him with, Kind of dealing with uh, 
different clients and stuff. Did you did you read the uh, the Ringer piece this week? The oral history of Better Call Saul. Oh no! Yeah, there's I'm a gonna really do good, that probably tonight. Really, then. Yeah, you should check it out. <laughs> <laughs> probably should have told you that before we did the pod. But there's a really good breakdown of like all the main people involved and how the show got started. Wow! And a lot of people, including Bob Odenkirk, really didn't want to do it. They were like, Oh, I don't, really? I don't think this is going to be a good idea. Yeah. And even um, um, Peter Gold, I keep wanting to say Vince Gilligan, they both created the show. But mm-hmm. uh, Gold was not convinced it would be a good show. He wanted to do a half hour and do like a comedy show. And then when they were in the writer's room discussing it, they were like, well, if it's a half hour and it's comedy, it's going to end up being like a sitcom kind of feel. Mm-hmm. And that's not really what we're good at. So let's make it an hour. Let's make it more dramatic. And because of the success that they had with Breaking Bad, AMC was like, yeah, we can take a chance on, on doing it. But it was far from like a guaranteed success when they started it. I was dubious of it when it, when it started. I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. I was at, the, at that point, I'd been really close, like really paying really close attention to Breaking Bad, and I was following it. I you know, listened to their podcasts, and I don't know if you listened to the, like the Insider podcast and stuff. I haven't listened to that, no. Okay. I mean, I probably will I, at some point. Cause I, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll like watch the Blu-rays and like listen to the audio commentaries. And I'm like paying real weird close attention to this stuff. And then uh, I think at that point, I, I just I just trusted them. And I think I was curious about it in a way of like, uh, I think the writers of the show are like brilliant. I mean, I'm not the only person that thinks that. Well, they are. Yeah. I, they're just like yeah. genius writer, TV writers. They know how to, they're like masters of that that art and I it was almost like a I don't I just want to see what they do like they could have gone and made like little anthology movies on AMC or done anything I would have probably been excited to see what they were doing that's kind of how I was too I was like the first season I was like I don't know if this is going to work but after Breaking Bad I got to give these guys the benefit of a doubt you know like even if the show sucks I'm going to give it one season at least and then like the first maybe four or five episodes I was kind of like, eh, I don't know if this is going to work as a TV show. It's not, it's not bad. I don't know if it's just going to work, though. And then when you get to an episode we'll probably talk about later, hmm. we'll talk about some of our favorite episodes, an episode called 5-0. Mm-hmm. That's when I was like, oh, wait a minute. I think this actually could be a pretty good show. And from that point on, it really just gets better and better each, each passing episode. Yeah, each passing that's, it's a show where to, I think Breaking Bad was a similar type of thing. Where Very similar, yeah. It, it, for me, Better Call Saul, it's, each season is better than the season before it yes breaking bad is for felt more like a roller coaster in, in a way and mm-hmm. i think for me better call saul is almost like a it's almost like a slow slow boil like it, true, it is it, true, the yeah. pace of it is a lot more like slower and deliberate mm-hmm. but if you're paying attention to the all the details and everything that's going on to me it's easy to get really wrapped up in everything that's going on so i'm gonna, I'm gonna throw but, you a ringer question we discussed some of the questions, but I did not give you this one because I wanted to surprise it. Oh, okay. Which which show is better? <laughs> uh, I think I think Breaking Bad is still my favorite of the two. Uh, but it's uh, it's crazy that it's even a quite a exactly. hard an- yeah. hard thing Quinn thing to answer. I feel like I appreciate them for in different ways, even though they have a lot of similarities and they're all like about, you know, their character driven stories about exploring like uh, who these people are and why they make the decisions they are, they're making and they're kind of tragic and that they're, they're not making the best decisions, but 
it's not what you want them to do, but it's a TV show and it's more interesting if they're, you know, not being like shining moral examples of people. But I don't know. What would you, you, do you, you don't have to answer if you don't want to. I would still say Breaking Bad, but I will tell you two years ago or three years ago, whenever the show was on its second to last season, I would not have hesitated to say Breaking Bad. And now I would be like, there's a legitimate debate that Better Call Saul could end up being better than Breaking Bad. I don't think it will, but depending on how this last season goes, it's not out of the out of the realm of possibilities. Because the writing is so great on the show, the performances are so great on the show, and as you say, it's, it's a slow boil where everything builds upon itself. You know, something that might seem kind of insignificant in an early season mm-hmm. or an early episode, you may not think it matters that much, and then it builds on something. And I think when we get to the end, it's going to be something really awesome. Like, I, I don't know how it's going to end, but I think I have like an ideal how it might end. I think it's going to be We're going to get into all that stuff later. Yeah. Yeah. Because the stakes are lower, if we're being honest, you know. We're not talking about a meth kingpin or dealing with the, you know, the cartel. I mean, the cartel is involved in the show, but like not to the extent that it was in Breaking Bad. I think that's a huge difference because also Breaking Bad, in the first episode, he finds out he's he has cancer, he's going to die, mm-hmm. and he's making this decision because... Yeah, because he's, he's going to die. Uh, Originally, he's like wanting to leave money for his family, and you know that kind of gets a little blurry as it, as it goes. But and he may have actually thought that Walter White may have thought that when he originally said that. We just find out later on that that's not really true. <laughs> it's not really why yeah. he did it. <laughs> I mean, he thought he was going to do it for that reason, but as you see in the show as it goes on, it's like, well, he was also kind of always a little bit of a selfish jerk all along. It's just a side of him being kind of subdued. Um, okay, I have a, a a question or something. I'm kind of curious about is because there are a lot of shows that are deal with like you know people getting into crime or you know sure drug or gangs and all this kind of violent type stuff why do you think these shows are more interesting like what what do you think uh is different about this well in both cases breaking bad and and better call saul are not about crime per se i mean crime is definitely a part of the shows but they are about moral decay and the consequences of that on society. You know, these are two men, Walter White and Saul Goodman, uh, Jimmy McGill on the show before he becomes Saul Goodman, that have the potential to be great men that could have done great things with their lives. You know, Walt is a brilliant chemist, a brilliant scientist. Um, Saul is a brilliant lawyer. Whatever you think about his tactics, he's a brilliant mm-hmm. lawyer. And I go back to that line that Chuck tells him, I don't know if it's season two or season three, where he says, because his nickname was Slipping Jimmy, mm-hmm. you know, where he was pulling these scams and stuff. And he says, Slipping Jimmy with a law degree is like a chimp with a machine gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is a funny line. <laughs> but when you watch the show, you're like, as much as you hate Chuck, I mean, we all hate Chuck, let's be honest. Chuck, Chuck's, <laughs> Chuck's a son of a bitch. But <laughs> uh, great performance by Michael McKeon. But he, he's not really wrong because Saul leaves damage in his wake. And when you, when, you, when you want to tie it into, like, Breaking Bad, if you think about it, he's really the reason for Walter White having the success that he has. I mean, mm-hmm. Walter White would have been done probably pretty quickly if not for Saul's guidance and financial support, getting him, you know, in contact with Gus, all these things. So Saul's um, shadiness, it does affect people's lives. And you don't realize the cumulative, cumulative effect of it until you get towards the end of the, sh- the show. I know some people who, they don't watch the shows because they think it like glorifies drug use or that kind of thing. And I feel like 
I feel like if you watch the show, it it's not that type of it's not at it all. It doesn't make it look cool. It makes it it almost like makes you <laughs> realize the. I mean, I what think I think do. in Breaking Bad, it's a, a somewhat valid complaint, only because they didn't really explore the effects of methamphetamine usage. That's true. Something like, like the wire with heroin usage is explored more. Yeah, that's a more. Um, you know, probably Jesse would probably have a little more problems as a meth user um, than what's displayed in the show. But the show is more about the crime element of it, the distribution of it, than the effects of it. But what I will say is with, with Walt and, and, um, and Saul is that you do see this kind of effect of, like I said, what they do around them, changing people's lives. And, yeah, I think, I think they're both an exploration of morality. You know, that's what I love about them. Mm-hmm. What do you think Saul does better than Breaking Bad? Or what does Breaking, oh. Breaking Bad do better than Saul? You can almost, if you've seen both of them, you can kind of almost see the uh, the writers like learning what they're doing. Like They know how to write the TV show in the beginning, but as Breaking Bad went on, it got more and more uh, intricate and like, just you, the quality of it, you could. It felt like it, they just had more and more um, confidence. And uh, Breaking Bad is like a freight train; like it doesn't stop. And from I would say about episode four, episode five of season three, um, right around the time Hank gets uh, shot or whatever, I can't remember exactly what episode that was, but it's a non-stop thrill ride till the very end. Like, the stakes are always high. People are dying. You know, it's just momentous the whole time. Whereas Saul, even though it has some of those moments, it doesn't build in that kind of nonstop way like that. Breaking Bad was more structured. Like, the the seasons would kind of build to, like, a big yeah, explosive sure. finale. And a lot of times like with Better off, Call yeah. Saul, like, yeah. sometimes the finale will air and I'll be like, that, yeah. that's it? And then... I remember season two ending, and it was, I mean, it, something big would happen, big things would happen, but it didn't feel like the end of a season in a way, and then it would just pick right up in the next season, almost as if it's just, it almost feels like this one just like long, continuous thing that there are, it is seasons technically, but it almost, I don't know, some like there's a, there's a climax that happens like in a halfway through season three. Mm-hmm. That feels like at the end end of a of something, and then there's something that happens after that that feels like another end of something, and those moments kind of happen like throughout the seasons. It's funny the way the way it's laid out. Does that make sense? You no, it does. And the other thing it does is it's really good at misdirection. I mean, Breaking Bad did a little bit of this, but for the most part, you kind of understood the characters' motivations. You know, in in Better Call Saul, you have characters where you're not really sure what they're going to do. What are what exactly are their motivations? You know, uh, Kim Wexler is probably my favorite TV yeah. character of all time. Yeah, I love Kim. And every time you think you have her pegged, and she's going to go this way, she goes another way. And that's what I, that's what I love about her character. Mm-hmm. And Lalo Salamaca. I mean, we can get into him, but he's one of the best characters like on TV. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like when they brought him into the show, it's like this has picked it up a whole another level. Yeah. Yeah. You know, shout out to Tony Dalton. And and racing, and they're these are like newer characters. And one thing with Better Call Saul is you know, like about half the cast, you know at least that they're gonna be alive at the end of, until Breaking Bad, maybe after. Anyway, you know where some of those stories are going. But then like Kim, Lalo, and then uh, Nacho, and 
Howard, oddly, is I don't. He's one you don't think about sometimes in in that equation. Freaking, freaking Howard! But I, I wanted to bring him up because I think he's he's a kind of a odd character in the show in a way. He's very odd, but I, I kind of enjoy him anyway. <laughs> he's like this weird foil for Jimmy, where he's nothing like Jimmy, and yet he respects him, but he's also being kind of tormented by him. <laughs> yeah, he starts off. I'm trying to think if this is a spoiler. Ah, uh, we can go a little spoiler. It's not, yeah. you know, stuff with Howard isn't like. Yeah, that he's character. not like the main character at all. But I think it's interesting that he starts off and you think like, oh, he's like the jerk lawyer guy who's like successful, and you, we don't like him. Yeah. But then, like as it goes on, you you kind of see that his intentions are are better, and and then I think at the the point they're at now. Like and without, and without spoiling like, it, there yeah. is a real big plot reveal with what's going on with him and Jimmy. I think it's in season three where you realize that some of the stuff that you thought that he was doing, he's not necessarily doing. So there's a really big plot reveal with that too. Yeah. As an audience member, like I, cause Jimmy keeps going down, 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 down. And he doesn't really like Howard, but I th- in, in my mind, I'm like, Howard's actually like, it seems like a pretty good guy. Like, He's not compared that bad. Compared to some of these people. So, like, I don't know. I mean, know. he's pompous, but he's not that bad, you know? Yeah. Like, he's if got- I had to hire one of these lawyers, I'd probably want to have Kim at this point. I don't know how she's going to end up. but Depends on what you need. Like, if you need yeah. tax work done or something, Kim's probably the way to go. <laughs> you know, you need, like, a real estate deal, probably go with uh, Howard. If, you, if, you, if you're in some deep shit, though, you definitely want to call Saul, man. Yeah, yeah better call Saul. Yeah. You want a, a criminal lawyer to quote Jesse. <laughs> that's the emphasis that on the criminal. Like brilliant. I can't believe it. <laughs> you don't want a criminal lawyer. You want a criminal lawyer. <laughs> a part of me is wondering just like how how did you originally get into Breaking Bad? Like, do you remember? I do. Your I do actually. Um, my buddy Blake, who you know, um, oh, yeah. Blake Jury, um, he recommended the show to me way back when it started. It was on AMC. And he told me what it was about, you know, a chemistry teacher who makes meth. And I was like, that sounds like the dumbest ideal version. <laughs> <laughs> really? You have cancer, you're going to make meth? Okay, great. That seems like a really stupid ideal. Um, so I did not want to watch it. I, like, actively resisted watching it. And you know how AMC, back then, they would do these marathons where they would show the whole show. And season three was about to come out, I think. And they had, like, the season one and season two marathon over the weekend. And I think I was just kind of bored. And I was like, you know, I think I will check it out, see what it's, it's like. And within a few episodes, I was like, oh, this show is actually really good. And by the time I got to season three, I was <laughs> like, um, man, this show is great. Like, this is one of the best shows on TV. <laughs> like, I don't know why no one's watching this. And I remember, like, because I was married at the time, I told my wife, like, man, you need to watch the show. And, I, and she did the exact same thing. She's like, oh, that sounds dumb. I don't want to watch that. And then she started watching, because this is I was watching it, like, part of season three. And after a few episodes, she was hooked on it. She's like, oh, i got to go back and watch the rest of it. <laughs> so like, anyone that watches it, like, more than a few episodes gets into it. But it just, like, the concept, I think, turns some people off or, you know, it sounds weird. You know? It is a weird idea. It, a lot of the show, to me, is about the execution. Like, the people that make it, they just, they know how to yeah. tell a good, they're storytellers. They're, like, master storytellers. They know how to how And to you do know their what job. it is, too? It's a Western. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's the other thing about Breaking Bad. You know, like The Mandalorian, I think one of the secret successes of that show is that it's actually a Western. You know, it's like Shane. It's like an old-style Western. Mm-hmm. And, and Breaking Bad is kind of a Western. You know, it's an anti-hero. 
you know, dealing with these, these evil forces, which, you know, he brings upon himself, but whether or not he's redemptive or not. And he's got a sidekick, you know, he's got Jesse, he's got these people around him. And, you know, yeah, it's a show about evil and, and moral decay, but it's also just kind of a fun Western. I mean, there's a train robbery in it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> there's shootouts in it. I mean, there's these Western <laughs> themes in it. To me, it's almost like a modern-day Western kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I like that it's, I mean, that, that they had they ended up shooting it in Albuquerque. Yeah. And that, that is such a, now you watch any show that they shoot. Like, when I went, I went to Albuquerque last fall, and specifically kind of to go look at Breaking Bad uh, locations and Better Call Saul locations. And um, the first night we got there, we I found out where the studio was where they make the show. Mm-hmm. And we drove down there, my dad and I. There's like a little pizza place like right next to it. So we're like eating there. And I was like looking out the window and you're like, you, it's like there's a fence. And then it's like this these giant studios and it says Netflix on the side of them because mm-hmm. Netflix has like since like bought the studios. And everything. Yeah. that's where they shot like the new season of Stranger Things and stuff oh, yeah, like yeah. there. I, I love the way that they, they they do a lot of stuff like in the sets, obviously, but they also shoot a lot of stuff like out around the town. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was that was a cool trip to get to go see it. But it, it's such a, it almost reminds me of kind of DFW in a way, just as like the suburban sprawling, quality yeah. of it. Yeah. But then you look out in the on the edge of it and you just see like deserts and like it's, yeah, beautiful. I, I, like. I've been through Albuquerque. It's, it's been many years since I've been through there. But it, like you said, it's, it's everything is kind of there, but it's all spread out too. You know, it's not like a traditional city. So I think it's a really good place to shoot. And then you have these amazing locations in, in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Yeah, they've made these locations there like iconic. Like people like us, like me, going there from like other states or other. Like, we we went on a um. There's like a Better Call or it's, it's a Breaking Bad RV tour where you get mm. in a an RV like the one on uh, on Breaking Bad, the and they take you around. They, yeah, they drive <laughs> you around like to all these locations, and it's it's just cool. You're you're like, I feel like I'm in the show in a way. Like, did you feel sad when the RV was destroyed? Yeah, <laughs> that was kind of sad. <laughs> After Hank is onto him, they had to destroy the RV. <laughs> that was one of my favorite episodes. All right, uh, so this part is uh, we're spoiling up until the end of season five. This is basically if you're not caught up or if you don't want to be spoiled, just stop here, come back later, because it's going to be fascinating. Uh, Definitely. <laughs> um, when have we not been fascinating, Jeff? <laughs> yeah. So this is, yeah, if, if you're caught up and you're, you're on the same page as we are, we're just going to get into it. Like, so we're recording this like the week before uh, season six starts, like episodes one and two are going to air like the next, this next Monday night. Okay. So where are we in this story that we're watching? So we left off season five. If you remember, there's an episode called Bagman where Lalo needed to be bailed out of jail. Um, he has $7 million because <laughs> he has access to the cartel's money. So he's able to get bailed out for $7 million. Jimmy has to pick up the $7 million in cash um, only to get ambushed on the road. And Mike, uh, Mike the Cleaner as I call him, <laughs> Mike Ehrmantraut, basically helps him out, uh, kills off all the would-be assassins. And the two of them have to kind of walk through the desert with the money to get back. And this raises Lalo's, uh, Lalo's suspension, suspicions. And he later confronts Jimmy in the last episode about what exactly happened when he was getting that money. 
And basically, Kim kind of bails him out by giving him this elaborate speech about, hey, Jimmy's not a liar, and he's saving your butt. Lalo buys it. He decides it's best for him to go back to Mexico because his cover has been blown in, uh, in Albuquerque. And that leads to the very last scene of the, the last season, which is um, Gus has orchestrated a hit on Lalo. And basically, it's, it's a partly inside job where Nacho finds out about it and lets a bunch of hitmen into his compound uh, to try and kill Lalo. Um, but Lalo, being the crafty <laughs> son of a bitch that he is, he gets out of it and escapes the compound. And now, obviously, in season six, he's going to be looking for revenge of some type. <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, and then in the aftermath of the Bagman episode, where like Kim and Jimmy are like, or Kim's like, they the cartel know where you you live, like so they they go and they're they're staying in this hotel kind of to hide out a little bit, and uh, while they're there, they they kind of start to formulate. You don't totally know what they're thinking, but they, I don't know if they'd come to any conclusions at the, at that point at the end of season five. But they're trying they're think trying to brainstorm about a way to to uh, somehow like ruin uh, uh, Howard Hamlin's legal career, which would mm-hmm. push the uh, Sandpiper settlement that's been this like big thing like over the whole series. The big, big case, you know, kind of ha- hanging over everything. Yeah, and that, you know, what I love about that sequence too, and this is why I like. I don't know. Is there is it Rhea Seahorn? Is it Ray, Ray Seahorn? Seahorn? I think just Ray Seahorn. Okay, I don't want to mispronounce her name, but I've never been able to get a good pronunciation of it. But <laughs> the actress that plays Kim Wexler is just astounding yeah, in this is. role. She should have won a couple of Emmys for this. Like, you know, Anna Gunn played Skyler. She won, I think, three Emmys. Honestly, I think Ray Seahorn is a way better actor than her, and this performance is way better. Um, but anyway, she hasn't gotten a lot of recognition, but. You see signs of Kim, like, the thinking is when you watch the early seasons that Kim is going to be a good influence on Jimmy, right? She's going to quell his his impulses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as you get further into the show, you get the feeling like, no, it's actually kind of the opposite. Jimmy has kind of turned her to the dark side a little bit. Yeah. Where now this thing that's, like, kind of hinted at inside of her, like, actually breaking the rules would be beneficial to me. And you see kind of these breadcrumbs of that throughout the series where she, you know, she bends a little bit here, she does a little bit here. And like Jimmy has been feeding that impulse to where now it's like she's kind of driving the train a little bit. She doesn't mind doing some terrible things. So it's kind of a dark place to leave Kim at a little bit in the last season. Yeah, because the, yeah, you're, you're the whole time, really up until I think about halfway through the fifth season, you're like, she's a straight arrow person like you. I mean, she has some. She'll she enjoys the like pranks and different little things, but yeah, uh, that's coming up on my my favorite moments, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, there's a moment that like uh, I think it's called uh, um, Jimmy versus Kim or, or yeah, Kim versus Wexler Jimmy. versus McGill. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You're you're waiting for them to just break up. You're kind of expecting it. You're thinking like she's not in Breaking Bad. Hopefully, she just left. Yeah, like, it would be kind of boring to have her just go- leave. But for the character and that you you're who you're rooting for, you're like you wanted to wise up. You're like you know where the story's going. She doesn't know where the story's going, but you know where the story's going. You're like get out of here, Kim. You think they're about to break up? They're in this big fight, and at the end of it, she says basically is like we could just break up. We could leave. I could leave, and all this kind of stuff. She's like, or we could get married. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite moments in the entire show, actually. I know. Every time. Um, I love it. 
Yeah, it's it's true though. Like if you're gonna be with someone, you gotta embrace all of it. You know, <laughs> you gotta embrace the dark side. So I think she she thought about it and she was like, you know, I don't know about this guy, but I love him and I kind of like some of the stuff he does. And let's go on this ride. You know, let's let's, let's try it out. That, that's a, that's a really good moment. You're and right. they they play it. They're they're not like uh, normally like very affectionate type characters. Like they in like the next episode, it shows them going. They get married. They go to like a courthouse. It's like it's mm-hmm. very like not romantic. Yeah. It's it's you're almost like do they even? Although when I got married, I did the same thing. Oh, so. did, oh. although it didn't work out for me, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's the best choice or not. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> just go to the courthouse, get it over with. <laughs> I'm rooting for Kim and Jimmy, but I don't know my. Uh, I'm trying to not have too high of hopes or whatever. But so this is probably a good time. I had some questions here. Yeah. Um, what what are some of your favorite episodes or moments from Better Call Saul? Uh, that one we just talked about. Mm-hmm. You're saying it was one of some ago. Uh, I was thinking about this is a oddly difficult question for some reason to me because uh, I see of I don't think of Better Call Saul as like specific episodes. Like sure, there, yeah. But there's one that um, it could be a moment. It don't have to be an like episode. Bagman was like a great episode. Probably one of the big standout episodes of the show. And a lot of people have compared that episode to uh, Flight of the Phoenix. Oh, really? I don't know if you heard that. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't heard the, it. The plane crash in the desert where they had to survive and like had to change the plane to get out of there. Oh, okay. Yeah, and there's some other allusions to like like Lawrence of Arabia is like a yeah. comparison point. You know, there's like there's some like pretty good allusions to the like music, like movie references in that it, episode. It reminded me of uh, compared to Breaking Bad uh, at the end of season four, I think, of Breaking Bad when. Like everything's kind of falling apart. Mm-hmm. It's the, the crawl space. It's crawl the, space, the one yeah. where uh, Walt where he, is like he's he's looking for the money he's downstairs. Going crazy, and he's yeah. just like screaming, and it's like the way they shot it. It's like straight down, and he's like yeah. perfectly framed, and he's just like he That's starts so- like laughing, and then he's crying and laugh. And but it's it's like a, a turning point for that character where you're like he's broken through something and he's gone to a different level of of something. Because at that point, there's no escape. He either is going to kill Gus or Gus is going to kill him. Yeah. There's not any turning back at that point. Yeah. That was his last chance to get out. Yeah. And uh, Skyler uh, spent all of his money on Ted's uh, IRS bill. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he didn't have the 670000 or whatever that he needed to, to do his disappearing act. So at that point, he had to get inventive and, you know, improvise. But <laughs> Yeah, I see that as, as far as Bagman, that Bagman episode. Mm. I saw it as like... It bonded uh, Jimmy and Mike like much deeper than a lot of the show so far, mm-hmm. and it also it's I mean it's just like you know going off into the desert and they you know it, it's kind of a time out in the wilderness type thing, mm-hmm. like it just kind of did it felt like this kind of a uh, like cementing the character like further down this like dark. When I did my review of it, I said that um, Jimmy McGill went into the desert, but only Saul Goodman came out. Oh, yeah. This is like the last time that he was the same guy. Yeah. Because something like that, when you're almost dying several times, it changes you. And if he's going to be into this world, he's got to be all in. Yeah. Plus, by doing that, he's firmly cemented with the cartel at this point. He's, you know, a quote-unquote friend of the cartel. Yeah. So there's there's no turning back for him at this yeah. point. Yeah. It's like a transform transformative, like, journey kind of. Yeah, what are your, some of your favorite episodes? And moments? So before we get into like the more serious ones, um, 
There's an episode, I think it's called Switch. Um, this is the one where they play the trick on Ken, um, the, <laughs> the investment banker <laughs> yeah. guy, uh, who also appears in Breaking Bad briefly. If you remember, uh, Walter White like blew up his car. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I know who you're talking. About. <laughs> but they they run this uh, scam on him where supposedly their brother and sister, and they inherited this money and they want to invest it in like his uh, his IRA or whatever whatever his investment vehicle is, and as a result of it like being like worth you know millions of dollars, he picks up the tab. But they order this really expensive tequila, um, which is uh, it's called Zafiro Anejo. I wrote I wrote down the name of it because I can't remember. Is that real or is it? No, apparently it's a creation for the show. Okay. But it's the same tequila that sh- sh- shows up in uh, Salute in Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. It's got the little agave flower on it. Yeah. And apparently it was like 50-something dollars a shot. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they ordered like appetizers and all these shots of tequila, and the bill was like a couple of thousand dollars or something. <laughs> Some insane amount. And basically he's like, oh, I'll take care of it, because he thinks he's about to get millions of dollars from them. <laughs> and they just schemed him out of this like giant bar tab. That was a cool episode. I think it, that was like the first episode of the second season, maybe? It was early in the Somewhere. second season, yeah. I don't remember exactly which one. Because I remember the first season, you know Kim and Jimmy are like close friends, but you don't, there's some kind of, it seems like there's some kind of history, but you don't really know. Mm-hmm. And in that episode, they kind of end up together, and it kind of becomes more obvious that it, there's like a romantic component to it, but it and also I think feels... it's the first time we really see her attracted to him. Yeah, and that, because, that, uh, yeah. that moment when they're playing that prank on him or whatever mm. it's called uh con or whatever you call it she's drawn to that side of him yeah um, and he's kind of testing the waters because she has a chance to back out of the whole thing and then you see no she's in on it and then by the time they get to the end of the night when they pulled it off she's like laughing and having a good time and mm. this is the first time you see her like really like in, into jimmy yeah like honestly like she's attracted to this dark side of him even if she doesn't want to admit it yeah know? But that's one of my favorite moments. Uh, you have any others? Yeah, I'm trying to think of. It's funny, like I, I was able to rewatch the whole series like last like a couple months ago, mm-hmm. and uh, it's funny. It, it almost feels like a straight line, like it just oh, goes it does, straight yeah, through. For like sure. it's not like Breaking Bad, where there's like these many momentous moments. But I'll give you another one that I like is the um, uh, Lalo versus Mike uh, Cat and Mouse in season yeah. four. This isn't really like one episode. But it starts with the, um, what's the German guy's name? Werner or something. Yeah. I can't remember his name, but the guy doing the construction project. Mm-hmm. And basically he's escaped the compound and Mike is on his, his trail. And Lalo becomes aware of this because he's like calling around trying to figure out what, what Mike is up to. And it ends up with like him killing a guy at like a travel shop or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there's this like back and forth, this cat and mouse between Mike and Lalo where he like he's leaving the parking garage and he puts like some gum in the thing so he can't follow him or whatever. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. And you later see it followed up in season five where he leaks information to the detectives to get Lalo arrested, which is what leads to his arrest in season five. And Lalo is really like clever and crafty. He figures out that Mike is up to something and he's trying to put the pieces together. But Mike is like one step ahead of him on all these things. Like, it's really fun to see these two, like, geniuses at their craft yeah. like, go back and forth. That is one thing I really like about – they did it on Breaking Bad, too, but you see, like, with Mike, is, like, they'll have whole episodes where he's, he's not even saying anything. He's just, like, doing something quietly, like, mm-hmm. building something or, make you know, 
like the water not, hose with the the spikes yeah. in it or whatever. You're like, like, what is that about? And the episode like, when he when he's trying to figure out how the, they're the tracking him and yeah, everything. Yeah, and that was one I had to rewatch two or three, two or three times because I was like, I don't know how he did that exactly. Yeah, I didn't like he reverse engineered their tracking device to like figure out how how they were tracking him, and then threw him off their tail basically. It was, yeah, pretty, it was pretty cool. He like switched. He like drained the battery. I don't know. We don't have to get into all the details of that. But <laughs> yeah. But then, then the, eventually, like that's what led him to uh, to Gus. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of showed him how he that how he got to Gus. Uh, trying give, to think I'll of individual you, I'll you, episodes. I'll give you one more. Yeah. Um, something stupid. Probably my favorite episode. Is that the one with the the montage, the montage. at the beginning? Yeah. 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 Yeah, because it shows this divide growing between Jimmy and Kim, but it also tells you kind of the perfunctory nature of what they're doing, but also it flashes forward in time about six to eight months, so it's a great storytelling device to do the montage. But in the same episode, you see it's called Something Stupid because they play the great song, Something Stupid, Mm -hmm. which is an old uh, Sinatra song, actually. Uh, Many people have done that song. It's a great song. Um, but in the episode, you see every character doing something stupid, <laughs> including like uh, a Huel when he assaults the cop, you know, mm-hmm. Jimmy when he gets drunk at Kim's party and is like, you know, shining on the executives at the party. Like everybody does something kind of stupid and dangerous in that episode. And it shows you that even though the show is not like a high stakes show the way Breaking Bad is, there's like always something that's lurking that's going to mess up these characters' lives. What was the, it's something stupid, and then like a few episodes later, it's called something. There's something. like something, well, the last one was something unforgivable. Something unforgivable. But there was something else in between, yeah. There's like three of those, I think. And they call back to that montage like in other episodes. Even they like do, in yeah. Bagman, man, I think it starts off, it, it kind of shows them a little bit, plays that song again. and then, mm-hmm. It does, yeah, you're right, yeah. Yeah. They uh, call back to that montage. I really want to get into like, just spoiler or what we think is going to happen. Yeah, let's do that. I'm because I'm curious. Did you have anything else to get mention no, about no, that? No, just a few of my favorite moments. Yeah. I mean, well, just real quickly because we didn't talk about them a lot. Uh, chicanery with Chuck. That's another one I was going to bring up. Just okay. because that's that's the episode where Chuck finally basically is is thwarted by Jimmy, and it's really the kind of the defining moment of Jimmy. Like, I won't say the defining moment, but like one of the defining moments where he once he's done with Chuck's kind of baggage. He starts the path of being Saul Goodman, so it definitely is an important episode. That was the one when I was talking about the uh, the season finales. Sometimes feel like they come in the middle of the seasons. I remember that feeling like a huge turning point. Was it like, was it the middle or was it like a couple episodes before? It was. I, I think it was remember. like the fifth episode. Okay, of was season okay. three? Yeah, you might be right. Yeah, and that just kind of starts Chuck's like downfall. Like in the that's last right. Few yeah, episodes. you're right because they had the yeah. Okay, well, we're in the spoiler section, so yeah, we know what happens yeah. to him at the end of season three. So yeah. Um, that was like, that was just a great episode. Yeah. And, and one of the few episodes that actually happens in like a courtroom, like the bulk of that episode is like the actual, like, do you ever watch the YouTube videos with the get lawyered? Yeah. Where the guy like gives you whether or not something's legally accurate or not. (laughs) (laughs) But he actually gave that episode pretty high marks for being legally accurate for the most part. I don't know if I saw the one for that episode. Yeah, I think he just posted it not too long ago. Okay. I think I've only seen one of those. He did before. the first episode. Yeah. As well. yeah. I remember being like, oh, this will be cool. Then I didn't see any more. Yeah, I think he stopped doing them for a while. Okay. But, but yeah, he did He did that one chicanery. And he was like, yeah, there's a couple things that weren't really accurate. But for the most part, they got it right. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Let's get into uh, what predictions. 
this is a big reason why I'm super excited about this final season, probably more than like some of the other seasons in a way. I'm always looking forward to the show, but knowing like there's only 13 episodes left, they have to tie it into like Breaking Bad and. You know, I didn't bother to look together. this up. Is it all going to be like one straight shot, or are they get dividing it into two parts? It's uh it's going to be seven episodes, and then there's like a like a six week break. Okay. And then the last six start airing like July, kind of like eleventh or somewhere around. Yeah, there. I think, yeah, I think so. Okay. There's a break in the middle, but it won't be too long. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So what do you, what do you, want, you want me to start, or what do you what do you want to? I don't. I, don't, I guess I don't. What do you think is going to happen? What's gonna, how's this gonna show going to end? That's the great question is, well, number one, could this show potentially surpass Breaking Bad? Which it could, theoretically, depending on how it ends. But the other thing you got to think about is the forward story. You know, we talk about uh, Jimmy Saul, but Gene Takovic, you know, <laughs> the guy working the Cinnabon in Omaha. Yeah. Um, he's still alive, you know. He still has a story to tell. And I think the one thing I would hope to see or like to see, and I don't know if they're going to do this or not, is is Saul a redeemable character? Unlike Walter White, yeah. who by the end was not a redeemable character. Um, because Walter White was, was purely evil by the end of the show. I don't think Saul, as many terrible things as At he's done... At the core of who he was, he was yeah, evil. Yeah. I don't think Saul is a purely evil person the way Walter White was purely evil. So does he have a redemptive arc... And if so, are they going to explore that angle in the last season when they do the Gene Takovic stuff? Yeah, it could really have a different, I don't want to say happy ending, but I'm, I think there will still be a lot of tragedy. I'm sure some of the characters are going to die. Mm-hmm. I remember whenever Breaking Bad was ending and they were, I'd hear interviews with like the, the writers and they, would, they mentioned like the characters that die in that show. Mm-hmm. And they talked about Jesse. And I guess, I guess all the characters are kind of on the table as far as they could have been killed. Yeah, the they were going to kill they, Jesse off in season one of Breaking Bad. Yeah, they were going to do it yeah. like early on, and then thankfully they oh, thankfully they didn't yeah. didn't do that. But but I guess they didn't. The, the writers just didn't want to kill him. Like they all loved Jesse, and they it was almost like they just didn't want to do it, even if it would have made sense like story wise. Oh, it, the show would have been not even close to what it was if they had killed off yeah. Jesse. I mean, and I feel like they probably have the same type of affection for Kim, which is. One of the reasons where I feel like if you're rooting for anybody to survive, to me, like it's prob- it's going to be her. Well, let me ask you this. Why do so many people think that she's going to die? I mean, she's not in Breaking Bad, obviously. That's the main reason, I but think. But that doesn't necessarily mean she's going to die. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like not everyone dies in this world. And I don't think, you know, in, in Breaking Bad, because this show like goes right up into the timeline of Breaking Bad. Like, it's going to end basically right at the time that he meets Walter White. They may not do that scene or not. I don't know if they're going to do that or not. But, like, it's going to be right around the time because this season's going to end up in, like, 2005 or 2006. And I think he meets Walt in, like, 2006, 2007, something like that. This is going to go, like, right up until that timeline. So he's not grieving over Kim and yeah. Breaking Bad. <clears throat> we don't hear yeah. a reference to Kim. So it would probably seem... A little contrived if there's like this major, like she gets murdered by the cartel thing, and that's never brought up in Breaking Bad because they didn't have the character then. I think it's more likely that she just leaves. Yeah, she, yeah. They I, break could, up or something, you know. Yeah, I remember uh, when when Chuck dies, Jimmy like turns off his emotions to it. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't care about Chuck, and he's like, he just kind of suppresses all all those feelings. 
yeah. in a way, and that kind of helps push him kind of into this darker. And I'm not sure if he could go on being Saul if she does yeah. die as a result. Of I, I, I do. I feel the same way. Like I think. Yeah. I think that if she died, it would just be too much. Unless it was some for some somehow like they got in a fight and she left and then. Yeah. I don't know, but. I mean, theoretically, I guess he could lean into being, you know, more evil and be like, eh, forget her or something. But I don't really get that vibe that that, that would happen. So in that, if she's still alive, is mm. she st- do you think she's still in Albuquerque? Well, that, I mean, she could be. We don't know. Um, my guess would be that she would try a change of pace after all this happened. Because even if she's, you know, fine with Jimmy, Saul, um, the cartel is aware of her. You know, she's been involved in these cases. Is that some place she really wants to, you know, hang her hat from there on? So I think she's probably moved to somewhere else. Yeah. And I have another theory that it's probably far-fetched, but could she reappear in the Gene Takovic storyline? I feel like she... I think she will. Could he, like, seek her out or something in the future? I I think they're... Okay, Do do you remember... In the fourth, <laughs> back in the day, yeah. in the fourth, se- in the fourth season of Better Call Saul, there's like a flash forward, or it, cu- it cuts into Breaking Bad. It's like the only scene that they've had that took place during Breaking Bad, I think. Mm. And it's like in, in his office, and he's like hurrying to. Uh, when he's shredding the documents. Yeah, he's shredding yeah. documents. And this Francesca is when Walt's is about there. to go down or something. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's like it ends with him calling the towards the end of Breaking vacuum Bad, repair yeah. disappearing. Right, right, yeah. I watched a video about this earlier in the day, so that's what, kind of why it's fresh in my mind. Because I, I wasn't thinking about that scene, but I was like, oh, yeah, there were some kind of key things that happened in that. Because he says uh, he recommends a lawyer. They don't say who he recommended. And I think he gives, gives Francesca a card. Mm-hmm. He's talking to Francesca, mm-hmm. his like secretary. And, uh, and he says, tell him Jimmy sent you. And then he says... Basically, they kind of word it to where you don't know what exactly what he's talking about, but he's like, you have to be there on this specific day, and it's like November 10th or whatever it is uh, at 4 p.m., and it sounds like he's going he's gonna to call this number, and she has to be there, and you don't know what, what is happening, but sure. they've talked about it before, and they're referencing it. But anyway, um, the video that I watched, this is something I would never have noticed, but in the episode when they get married, he shows his driver's license and it shows his birthday, and it ends up being this. His birthday is the same day that he told Francesca to answer the phone, like okay. that he's going to be calling. Okay. This is supposed to have been happening like starting to right pick before up, he goes to pick up into some of what you're saying. He, right before he goes into hiding. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of making plans for in at November, which is like maybe like six months after he leaves or something. Okay. He's going to call some number and talk to somebody. You don't know who. Yeah. Anyway. I think there's a chance. I thought that, that was interesting. I think like, there's a chance they reunite. I don't know for sure, but there's a chance of it. You know. Yeah. Although it is interesting that he didn't take up the opportunity to change his name again with the vacuum repair guy. Yeah, because that one ended at, in the first episode of season five. five yeah. He's about to to change his identity again. And he, he changes his mind. He changes his mind. Yeah, he says, I'll take care of it myself. So and you're like. Uh-huh. What? And it's like, wait three years or two years. So maybe he has some it. reason to like keep his identity. I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. Have you read anything about like any reviews for the first two episodes or anything like that? Like, 
I haven't read anything spoilery on That's it. probably good. I, I don't want to do that. I just want to go into it. I've read some um, of it. I'm not, I won't get into the, that kind of stuff, but I don't know What about uh, Lalo and Nacho? What happens with those guys? Ooh. That is a really... That's like the, a real, like the wild card. Uh, so the interesting thing about Lalo is you'd think he would probably be dead because he's too big a threat. But on the other hand, when Saul is uh, kidnapped by... Uh, Walt and Jesse when the first Better Call Saul in Breaking Bad he mentions Lalo did Lalo send you which is where they got the idea for creating the character mm-hmm. so he has to at least assume he's alive doesn't mean he is alive but he has to he couldn't have been killed in a way that, that Jimmy would have known about so I mean he could potentially be alive maybe he got killed and just no one knew about it I don't know I'm, I feel like okay Better Call Saul is about this it's partly about him going into hiding and like the the end of that and everything and mm-hmm. then better or breaking bad had that whole thing and then even the el camino they they all deal with like the the disappearer and all this kind mm-hmm. of stuff and i keep wondering if maybe we find out how jimmy heard about the disappearer and all this kind of stuff like maybe nacho has to be disappeared or even maybe kim oh okay. or Okay. I was trying to think of how like how did he get the information about the like, disappearing you, guy? How do yeah. you learn about that? Like, how do you figure out that? And then I was thinking, like, what if Kim somehow that actually makes found sense found that guy or Mike? Both of the Kim Mike or Mike seem like people who would have been able to figure that. And that would also explain why he might have gone away, but but Jimmy might think that he's still out there. Like maybe he changed his name. Yeah, maybe Lalo is, but he thinks that he's still out there. I don't. I don't know if Nacho is uh, is long for this world. <laughs> I'm. I'm, yeah. I'm not rooting for it, but I. I don't know if Nacho gets out or not. Yeah, I hope so. I love Michael Mon- Mon- Mando. Mando, uh, the guy playing him, he's terrific yeah. in it. Um, he's he's like one of the best performances in it. But I, don't I think know if, if he, gets he does survive, he would have to have. He would have to disappear. Like he would have to. He go would have away to go away some, for sure. He would not be able to stay. The cartel is going to come after him hard after that whole thing in the compound. Because Lalo's going to figure that out, that he you know, wasn't there when everything went down in order to get killed. So I think he's the most likely, if one of, the other, if one of the, those characters goes into hiding, he's definitely the most likely to, to go that route to me between Kim and maybe Kim too, but he's just like, he's like at a, in a boiling, <laughs> I don't know, yeah. I'm, I'm, he's like, I mean, I hate to say it, but he's kind of collateral damage. Like, if you play in this world, this is the people you're dealing with, you know? And I think even Mike tells him early on, like, I don't know if you want to be in this, this world. Like, this is something you want to get out of, you know? And I think he's really more of a main character than Lalo is, or he's mm. at least one of the ones you're rooting for. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if it's a tragedy and if they don't, if they don't kill Kim, they'd probably have to kill Lalo just because of the story. If everybody lived... I don't think everybody's going to live. No, I don't either. No, for sure. Because it wouldn't, you know, you have to kill somebody in these kind of stories. Yeah. By the way, is, is Lalo Salamaca easily the most intelligent Salamaca? Yeah. I, think, <laughs> I don't know if there's as much competition with... <laughs> you got uh, T.O., uh, Hector, who rings the bell. You got the cousins, <laughs> and, and you got uh, Tuco. Um, this is not a very bright family. Let's just... <laughs> You got one guy who's smart. <laughs> it'll be it'll be really uh, yeah. I don't. I guess I, I forget about Lalo as far as like what he's gonna. Have you watched the trailer for 
the new season? Yeah, well, the the first one, yeah. The Days of Wine and Roses song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't watch, there's been one since then, I think, but I didn't watch that one. There's, uh, at the, you know, at the very end of that, mm-hmm. like, Mike is like, Whatever happens not, next, yeah. it's not going to be what you think it's going to yeah. be or something like that, yeah. And then it shows Lalo, like, he's looking in a mirror, and then this guy, like, kind of comes up that's like, mm. it doesn't say what's going on, but I saw some people online were thinking, like, it is that guy going to go? Something had to happen to him, because why didn't he run the Salamaca organization? I mean, that's by far the best person to run it, you know, like. It's kind of a shame he's not in Breaking Bad. I know the character wasn't invented yet, but like, he would have been a real adversary to these guys. Yeah, yeah. And even the cartel, like the guys that run it at the top, are not they're not that smart or that innovative. Lalo is like this like rattlesnake, like this coiled rattlesnake, but also really smart. Like he's just waiting to strike. I, I love his Tony Dalton. I love his performances. As yeah, well. it's like one of my favorite characters on, on TV. I right think now. when he came into the show, it. it it made it even better. Like he just, he added like the perfect, uh, just scary element. But he, he's so, like you said, he's like he's smart. He's they the way they create these different characters. They kind of the the villains. It's that they kind of create them to like to be different from the ones that they've different. already created. Yeah, they're all like, different. Like Tuco was like insane psychopath. Yeah. And then I think that when they made Gus, they were trying to like, do like the cerebral, complete opposite. Yeah, exactly. And Lalo is like a little bit in between, you know, like when he when he meets uh, Nacho for the first time, he's cooking up breakfast or whatever. Yes. He's like, you know, how's it going, man? Good morning. You know, you, you want some you want some breakfast? He's or like the kind of guy that like he's smiling and yeah. he, he, you're like, he's going to kill me. Yeah. And then he's like, they're just like sitting around. I can't remember what episode it was, but they're like talking to one of the guys, giving them the money or whatever. And he's just sitting back. He's like, so what's going on? What's going on, guys? You know? And Nachi's like, uh, nothing really. And he's like, nothing? It's quiet out there? And he's like, uh, you know, this one guy was complaining about the drug quality or something. He's like, let's check it out, you know? And it's like, why does he care about all this? But he just wants to, like, get into some stuff, you know? You can just tell he's one of those guys, like, let's just see what I can get into. You know, if I got to murder someone, fine. If I got to mess with some people, fine. But I want to get into something. I just had a thought of, like, what if, okay, Nacho, somehow, he goes into hiding because I guess I'm stuck on that idea and then Lalo like kind of finds out that he's gone into hide. basically like it ends with Lalo like or Lalo just the reason Lalo isn't in Breaking Bad is because he's out there like hunting down Nacho like trying to track him it's like this like just for all time or spy kind of yeah like like the dark tower the man in black (laughs) fled and the the gunslinger followed yeah he's just following him across uh, South America for the next 30 years <laughs> Nacho's changing his name every five minutes or something. Yeah, that would be funny. They do another spinoff, like a spy versus spy. Any last words about? Well, let me ask you this: the um, the legacy of Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, because this will be the final season uh, of Better Call Saul. What is why is these shows so important to people? You know, people like us that like them. Um, what do they sort of represent in TV? You know, when you talk about great TV shows, um, what is it that stands out about these two shows and this this connected universe that Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould have created? I mean, because this is, a, when you combine the two shows, one of the longest running, you know, set of shows on TV. Um, and it's amazing that, to, I can I do consider these both like masterpieces. I know it's kind of, mm-hmm. I mean, I know we haven't seen the end of Better Call Saul, but so far, it's like two shows that 
individually, like on their own, or these like masterpiece like yeah. towers of achievement, like in this television kind of th- thing. It's like you got Joe Frazier and Muhammad Ali, you know, fighting each other. You it's know, just two. crazy, like they, that they they kind of they can stand on their own, but they can they also definitely complement each other. It's just I, I just can't believe it's pretty amazing. That's the thing that I feel like when I tell people to watch it, I'm I'm just like, this is a big deal. Like this is not a normal show. This is not like a normal thing. Like this is like one of the great. I don't know if you ever saw this or you you, you listen to the Watch podcast. Yeah. But they did an episode when Breaking Bad ended. This is way back, but uh, talking about the legacy of the show, and one of the things they said was that Breaking Bad changed the way we view television, because up until that point. We hadn't thought about an end point necessarily for a TV show. Like, you know, show's end, of course, but, like, is there a start and a stop to a show, and how much time do you have to tell that story? Because it always felt like, even when you watch the early episodes of Breaking Bad, there was a definitive timeline for the show. And it ended up being, I think it was 60 episodes or whatever. But it was going to be told in those 60 episodes. It wasn't going to go on seven, eight, nine seasons like some shows do, nor was it going to not, not complete the story. Mm-hmm. And now when you watch shows, we view them all in the context of how do they end? How do they wrap up? Like Game of Thrones, people complain about the way that it ended. And it was a great show for five or six seasons. I don't think it was actually that great in season six and seven, in my opinion. But it was a great show for sure for five seasons, and it just ended badly. Now it kind of tainted the show in some ways. And these two shows, because of how well they've delivered, I think they've raised the stakes for television. Like, you can't watch another show and not think about, well, if Breaking Bad had done it, they would have done it this way, or Better Call Saul would have done it this way. So for me, the legacy of these shows is just the elevation of television. Mm. And not single-handedly. I mean, there's been other shows that have done that as well. You know, The Wire and Mad Men and other shows like that. But these are two of the shows that I think have really raised the bar for television. Yeah, it's one of those shows where, like, you know, every, I mean, the writing is, like, amazing, the acting the every every like like the costumes like the the sets the everything is just like top tier the editing like yeah everything like a lot of shows like the average show you know it might have like a really funny guy like yeah the play plays the main character maybe the writing isn't that good but he's likable or Mm -hmm. or she's likable or whatever and uh it's usually not a thing where like every element like on the best shows, it's it's because all those pieces are working together and mm-hmm. to to enhance what what it is, and that that's a thing that I I just really admire. And also like listening to you know Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould talk is like there used to be this thing of like the showrunners being these kind of like asshole kind of mm-hmm. people like that they got all their success because they treated everybody like horribly. Yeah, and they seem like it. They, it's almost like they. They elevate their talent. Yeah, they not, know, not just the actors, but the writers, the showrunners. The, people the want to yeah. bring their best work yeah. to them, like that they're good leaders in that way. Which I, just as people, like to me, that's really inspiring to me because, like, and I think it's because Vince Gilligan used to write for TV and you know, he wrote on the X Files yeah. and stuff, so he he knows what it's like to be under someone else's thumb as far as having a show. So yeah. when he got his chance at it, and he's like. I don't really care about celebrities if they're nice or not. Like I don't get into that. But he seems like a genuinely nice guy who makes it, you know, an enjoyable experience for people that work on the show. And that is like a that is a big deal to me. Like it, I mean, 
any any of us like if you have a job where like you just don't get along with the people you work with oh yeah it's, that, it's it nightmare. ruins everything so i don't know to me that even as just a person who would so uh, whatever job i have like if if i'm working with people i like i'm gonna do better work i don't know that's like a thing i think about just kind of i chose the job i have now because of the people i had two job offers they both paid about the same and i was like one job i didn't get a good vibe from the people that worked there this one I did, so I took this job. Yeah. So, yeah, if you don't like the people you're working with, it makes a big difference on the quality of your work and how well you do. And you can tell everyone on Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, they're having a good time. They're enjoying it. You never hear, like, a bad word from somebody, you know. Like, you never hear Brian Cranston being like, ah, that person wasn't that good. Or yeah. like it. You know, when they ask him anything, he's always complimentary about it, you know. Yeah. Everybody on the show is like And they, they care about the people, like, like there's you'll hear a lot about, like, one of the guys that's a writer on the, he, I think he, I think he became an executive producer on the last Gordon Smith. He's yeah, yeah. he's one of the writers on the show. But he started as like he was like Vince Gilligan's assistant, like mm-hmm. in uh, during Breaking Bad, and then then he became like a story I think editor. McLaren might have been like that too. I think there's a couple other people. Yeah, there are a lot of people, it. and even like uh, I don't know if you've heard this, but like this season, like Ray Seahorn directed uh, like the fourth episode, I think. Okay, no, I didn't know that. Or fourth or fifth, somewhere in there, and mm-hmm. then. Uh, uh, Giancarlo Esposito did like a couple episodes after that. He directed that one, so they kind of like like to give opportunities to the people there and the, as they rise in the ranks there. And they, I don't know, it's kind of cool. It's like a little community in some ways. It's creating yeah. this great art for us to consume. Which, it, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just gonna say, like, in the legacy, to me, like, it's gonna end. And I've heard them say, like, people will be like, "Well, are you gonna tell any more stories in in this?" universe you know that was my last question oh yeah it's gonna be um is this the end of this universe uh i don't know when i've heard them answer that question recently like peter gould is kind of like a lot they say like it is the end but it's not a closed door they don't know i think he wants to move on and try something else and i would imagine i can see one of the difficulties of better call Saul is you're you're not just telling the story but you have to you have to fill in the blanks of what's yeah, gonna happen that to me would be like the biggest headache is like every time you think of a cool idea like on breaking bad if they thought of a neat idea they yeah. could usually do it but on this one it's like wait that didn't it, if we did that then we it would ruin this part of breaking bad or whatever i feel like you could probably do another one like you could do saul's i mean that's all um Augustus backstory or you could do what happened to jesse after he went to alaska there's probably like stories you could tell but is it like you're just kind of beating a dead horse at some point if you keep yeah. going back to this world? I think you know? I can't remember if I was telling you this or, but I was like, if if they make another spinoff, I think it should be in the future where like things are more wide open, where they they're not beholden yeah. to like other. Because it would be hard to keep it going as far as, yeah, all these story constructs, you know. I don't know how interesting that would be. Like it'd be like Walter Jr. Like what happens to him? Like kind of stuff. Where like <laughs> this is Walter Jr. still eating his cereal? Is he? <laughs> Did uh uh what's what's their names uh, Gretchen and Ellie? Did they give them the, the ten million dollars? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How's that going? You know what? I, this I'm throwing this out there, guys. If you want to do it, it's a free ideal. You do uh, Holly. You do baby Holly. Twenty years from now, <laughs> she's inherited the ten million dollars. She's aware of her father's evil legacy, and she tries to regain his namesake by starting her own drug empire. <laughs> Breaking babies. Wait, breaking uh, yeah. babies. But no, she. No, you just call teen. it Holly White. You just call oh. it Holly White. Yeah, yeah, it's her name or something. I don't know. 
But yeah, I'm, I'm throwing it out there, guys, if you want to use it. <laughs> it I, I am curious what, I, I, like in one of the interviews I saw, like, I think Vince Gilligan is already, he's like working on a show. He has another show that he's like working on that's totally not connected to any of this stuff. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, what are they going to do when they, it's to, totally just a complete blank page. Like they don't have to. Uh, I think to it's me, gonna that's good. it's going to be cool to see. I think they're going to want to do other good stuff, even yeah. if it's not in this universe. It's going to go on to do something else, you know. And a lot of yeah, a lot of the writers are just they're going to all go off, and it, I'm just kind of curious to see what the people who made the show end up going to to do. Yeah. Anything else? We had some. Well, do you want to do that or not? Sure. You do. Oh, okay. It's up to you. Uh, this is kind of a bonus section of the the podcast. My birthday is tomorrow. Happy birthday. I didn't know oh, your birthday. You. You're going uh, to be 25? 25. 25. 25. Yeah. That's yeah. a good age, man. I wish I was 25 again. One of my gifts was, uh, yeah. Oh, man, I remember 25. One of my gifts for my birthday was my mom gave me uh, like this uh, Breaking Bad Trivial Pursuit. So there's all these questions. So I thought, See, my mom gave me the Breaking Bad Blu-ray set. Yeah. And you got you got the trivia. So they're both pretty good gifts. Mm. Yeah, he's not. He's really yeah, mine was a little bit better, but yeah. We're gonna we're gonna play this. We're gonna see. We're gonna test our knowledge. These okay, are all. Um, this is not better. Call Saul. This is this is all Breaking Bad. Here's some. Qu- uh, loser has to do a shot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how long we'll do this. We're just gonna kind of. Okay, how many we're we gonna do? Five. Anybody five? Yeah. Okay, you want to go? You started off. Okay, let me see. You can look for like a tough one. I can already tell. I'm trying to think of the most fun one. I was gonna say like whenever I went to the the better call the Breaking Bad like RV tour. Okay. It stopped they and they asked questions? questions like I think they asked it from this and I So you have an advantage. We we've established that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I know the answer to one question. But it's one that you would I'm gonna ask it to you. Okay. I, when I answered this I got it right and they gave me a uh, a fake uh Tuco Salamanca driver's license. Well, damn, man. <laughs> I want that. All right, go ahead, man. Give it to I'll, me. I'll, this, is not, this is off the top of my head. Okay. You'll know this one. What is the name of the episode of a Breaking Bad where Saul Goodman is introduced? Better call Saul. Yeah. yeah. You and bonus you points, it's episode seven of season two. Hmm. <laughs> What's funny is when they asked that in that RV... Nobody else knew it. And I was like, oh, oh, that's it. <laughs> I just answered it, and they're like, I said it, and everyone's like, oh, okay. Hence the name, yeah. Do you think that there will be an episode of Better Call Saul called Breaking Bad? No, I don't think you can do that. That's too meta. I don't think you can do that. <laughs> okay, you want me to give you one? Yeah. All right, I'll say, hold on. What does Hank see in Combo's bedroom that connects Combo with Jesse? Oh, man. Okay. That's a good question. Looking back, man, this is one of those. If I, I'm gonna cut out some of the silence in this because we're sitting here thinking. <laughs> I'm I'm remembering the scene. He's in the room. This is after no, after Combo's no, no, no. been killed. You have five seconds, sir. Is it like a Captain Cook thing? Uh, man, this is one. Of, I know that if I just sat and I thought about this, I'd know it. But I I don't know it right now. Okay. It was a photo of the two of them at the strip club. Oh, I, it, yeah, it would have taken me a long time. Which is the story that. of how they got the RV. Yeah, one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, for many reasons. 
Okay. Where does Hank get Gus's fingerprint? He gets it off a soda at Los Pollos Hermanos okay. when you ask him to refill it. Good. Okay, let me get you one. What does Jesse do to Walt's car outside Saul's office after Walt cuts him out of the business? He he uh, he smashes the windshield. I can't remember what he throws at it. Uh, I think it's a rock. Okay, yeah. yeah. Just something in the, in the parking lot. Wait, let me check the definitive answer here. Throws a chunk of cement through the windshield, yeah. Some of these are so, like, this is not a oh, question. Oh, bonus, bonus trivia question related to this. How many times does Walt's windshield get destroyed in Breaking Bad? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, I'm, I don't know. I think it's three. Three? I think it's three, yeah. You got the plane debris in okay. season two when the plane crashes. You got the two bodies in oh, half yeah. measures. Okay. And then you got uh, Jesse throwing the concrete. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I forget they do stuff like that where it happens more than one time kind of thing. Oh, yeah. I don't know. This is, I'm only, this is not a real question. I'm just reading this because I'm like, what? It says, who is the creator of Breaking Bad? Vince Gilligan. <laughs> What's that? Yeah. That was your question? That's one of the, No, I'm not counting that. Okay. What does Walt do when Hank wants him to pull into the laundry facility? He swerves into oncoming traffic so that they won't be able to go. Yeah, that's almost exactly what, what they wrote. Good. All right, let's see here. Trying to look at ones that I don't know the answer to. Okay, here's a tough one. Who kills Hank? Uncle Jack. Yep. Jack. Your namesake. Okay, yeah. I don't know the answer to this, so I'm asking it. I don't. What visual element of the show is an homage to Schindler's List? Visual element of the show. Man, that's a good question. Oh, okay. Well, there is... Schindler's List is one of my favorite movies, so you'd think I'd get this. I mean, there is a little girl in the red dress when everything else is black and white. It's the one, like, striking visual element of Schindler's List. But I don't remember that being in Breaking Bad. Um, you know what? I don't know. I didn't remember this either. The Pink Bear being the only bit of color in an otherwise black and white imagery. See, I was on the right <laughs> I know, track. I, I didn't think about it, though. You're right. The, pink, the bear is pink, yeah. All right. I messed that up. Who takes the promotion that Hank turns down in El Paso? Uh, I want to say Gomez, but I don't think that's... Is that right? Yep, Steve Gomez. Oh. <laughs> You're right. I was right, but I didn't think I was right. You're right on the money. How does Jesse try to steal meth from the super lab without Walt knowing? I believe he tries to change the count on the scale and slips like some of it into his pocket or something like that. Yeah, he underreports the weight when measuring the yield of their cook. All right. Okay. Where is Gus killed? At the, uh, the like the name of the place. Well, I don't know. It's Do you a, want to get specific? I know it's a senior oh, it's asking for specific. facility. Um. <laughs> An ironic name, actually. This is one of those things, too. Like I, uh, I know. Uh, 
I don't. I don't know the name. Casa Tranquila. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the nursing home. All right, let's do one more. Give me one more. Okay. Um, Where do Gus, Jesse, and Mike go in a private plane? Gus, Jesse, and Mike to Mexico to meet with the cartel when Jesse's going to sell drugs for him. Yeah, the cartel super lab in Mexico. Right, yeah, the super lab. That's pretty, you're pretty much that. Where Jesse gets 96% and tells the chemist he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> that was a cool scene. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> All right, well, uh, thanks for listening. I don't know if anybody listened to this last part, but it was fun for us. I, this whole episode was more for us than Oh, yeah, you know, it's, probably, it's been a but, lot of fun. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, uh, one last, oh, one last uh, favorite moment I forgot to include it earlier. Um, when they're talking to the guy that's about to get kicked out of his house and uh, Cam is trying to convince him to get a, uh, to get some other real estate and eventually she hires uh, Jimmy to go over there and convince him and he puts his foot in the door and he says, tell me what this is and he says, it's a man fucking a horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's one of my top moments. I had to get it in there. <laughs> and on that note. On that note, yeah. Uh, yeah, we were pumped up. We were ready to watch this show. Better call Saul. It's coming back. Woohoo! Yay. Uh, thanks for listening. All right, bye. <laughs>